When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to the Chelsea Podcast. We're a day early today. We're on Monday, not Tuesday. And uh, we've got a, a, game of, uh, a game of two halves. We've got um, uh, a game that was uh, a very exciting cup tie, which we're going to talk about first, uh, which was Leicester in the EFL Cup, the League Cup third round uh, last Tuesday. And then we're going to have a rather sombre second half when we talk about uh, the um, slightly depressing game that was uh, on Saturday. Today. But joining me to uh, talk about these two games, uh, uh, straight in front of me is uh, TalkSport, ESPN, uh, Gun for Hire, Eurosport, uh, Eurosport uh, Dan Levine. Dan. Hello. 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 You've been on for ages. No, it's been ages. Yeah. It used to be good when I was on. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hopefully you can lift us up uh, out of the um, uh, depression that we've been in. And uh, to my left, an old friend of the show, uh, you were on fairly recently, Rick Glanville, the official Chelsea historian and, um, and author, historian. And genial genealogist, and, uh, and many other things. A couple of polymaths. <laughs> Very good of you. Is this Pokemon Go or something? Yeah. So, listen, let's get stuck into it because we've got lots to talk about. Let's talk, I think, firstly about the uh, the good game the Leicester game uh didn't start off being a good game did it it, it started off you went to the game didn't you and uh, uh Dan and it started off being uh, a slightly worrying uh start to the game i think that first half was a bit of a harbinger for what we got to saw later in the week i'm afraid and chelsea's defense was was well sort of while the teams in leicester they weren't i think that was the main problem maybe they're all going out for a curry somewhere or whatever <laughs> but uh, yeah it, it was a shambles to start with but in the end i tell you what one of the best cup ties i've seen in a long long time mm. even Leicester fans were saying the same afterwards mm. um, people who went up there and paid a tenner to get into that away end a tenner on the train must be the best pound for pound value they've had for the curry. that as well yeah. yeah best pound for pound value they've had in about 30 years of football I reckon mm. yeah well let's have a look at the team that, that played in that game the only changes from the starting lineup uh, for the win over Bristol Rovers in the previous round were in defence where Marcus Alonso made his first start David Luiz was also selected uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek was given another opportunity in tack uh, just playing just behind Michi Batshuayi and uh, Nathaniel Chalabar also made his debut for us coming on as an 80th minute substitute uh, for Batshuayi and uh, as referenced earlier we started pretty poorly with uh, Okazaki scoring in both the 17th and the 34th minute uh, going 2-0 down which was uh, uh, worrying wasn't it Rick to say the least well the, the mark of all of these uh, occasions really the last, the last if you think Apart from uh, the second half of, of that game, 
um, the last few games we've had this problem of individual errors costing us dearly. We're not conceding many shots on target. We're not making any saves. We're not really stopping teams uh, having a pop on goal. And we, we're paying dearly for it at the moment. The yeah. thing is, you know, um, as brilliant as the comeback was, as Dan was saying, it was a harbinger for what was what we were duly served up the other day. You can look at the personnel um, that came in further up the field, but really, the issues are defense. It seems to me there's a, a problem between whoever the goalie is and and the defense. There's a, there are misunderstandings that are happening and costing us absolutely so dear. Yeah, I mean, you know. Pegovic came out for that first one, did a star jump when actually what he should have done is grab the ball, taking the bloke's head off at the same time. No referee's going to give that as a foul if, mm. if the goalkeeper's got his hands on it. Uh, the second one, I also think there was an element of hesitancy about it. And I think overall, I think we can see how fragile confidence is even amongst top-level players. You know, you can have won everything that there is to win as a as a professional, but when your confidence is low as ours was obviously from last season, it's so easy to knock us back there when they, you know, you look amateurish again. Well, a player that really is suffering from confidence issues is of course Gary Cahill and we'll come and talk about his performance in the Arsenal game but he did grab a goal back in injury time at the end of the first half. Of all the people to get it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, He's got a volley on him, isn't he? Yeah, and talking about volleys, how about Azpilicueta's absolute Super. worldy on he, 49 minutes? He loves an away day in the League Cup, doesn't he? Remember that one against Arsenal? Absolutely. Oh, fantastic. Goal of the round, surely. Mm. So, um, two, so two all. Um, going into uh, the, the the final minute of the 90, and Vasilevsky uh, elbows Costa in the face. Silly boy. Silly boy. Um, second uh, yellow card goes off. They have to play the whole of extra time uh, with, with 10 men, and suddenly it's the Fabregas show. Mm. Steps up having... Um, oh, well, Ch- Chalabar, I would really... I think Chalabar made Chalabar, a huge yeah. difference. Agree, yeah. I've got to say, Loftus-Cheek, <clears throat> really just so disappointing. What's happening with Loftus-Cheek, do you think? Well, this is a position that he hasn't played regularly, don't forget. You know, the, the secondary striker, the uh, batsman and Ruben, as they're <laughs> calling it. But, um, so he's unfamiliar with it. But, you know, I think the problem is anyone associated with, with him has to say to him, the minimum that you expect from a young player is effort, you know, real hard work, running around tirelessly. And we're just not getting that from him at the moment. Whether he is suffering confidence, he's maybe a bit bewildered by the position he doesn't really know the role I don't know he looks so lugubrious so languid on the pitch he just looks almost like he doesn't want to be there I don't believe for a second that's the case no I, I agree it's not I don't you, think you've always had a problem with his fitness you've, you've always said he doesn't complete 90 minutes well no I, yeah whether it's fitness or I don't know whether it's a fitness thing mm. but I've always said why does he never complete 90 minutes uh, you know it was, it's been a thing characteristic of his for over several seasons I'm not digging him out I'm saying it's something that he can it's something that he can work on and improve and, yeah. and be a better player for and Chalabar you know is a player that's been out on, on loan a lot has come back he's got his opportunity I think he came in about the 80th minute as, as a substitute played the whole of extra time as well you say he made a difference what does he bring to the team do you think I think he brings energy he brings positional sense uh, yeah, he thinks a really really good game doesn't he looks he? like he's bulked up a bit physically as well from, Some, somebody stuck up, up on, yeah. well yeah somebody yeah. stuck up on a Twitter a picture of him when he first sat on the bench six years ago yeah. Yeah. and now I'm, I'm, and obviously it's a boy to a man yeah, yeah. But, but what a fella he is you know, he's a yeah. right old size isn't he he's mm. a proper unit we have to call it don't but we? do you know what he's got great game intelligence hasn't yeah. he that's 
He's positionally strong. Uh, he's calm o- o- on the ball, which is really one of the issues that we have at the moment. He went to Napoli, didn't he? And uh, didn't really get a, a look in there. Played well, a couple of times. he had personal tragedy there while Did he? he was over there, didn't he? And right, his okay. mum died. And oh, okay. It was a very difficult time for him. But, you know, he he's the kind of um, solid uh, as well. I mean, he's a unit. He's tall, he's powerful, He's he's got pace he can pick a pass he's got a shot on him but you know what you can't he's got an old head and that is really so valuable going back to uh sesk fabregas you know who a lot of people were were calling uh to have come on during the liverpool game got his chance in the in the leicester game came on and and looked superb i thought in in extra time two brilliant goals um lovely move uh leading up to the to the first goal uh it was great and of course his second goal you know a fairly straightforward you know sort of pummel but you know still still took it very well and, were, and game yeah. over yeah and that you know that's the thing they were i mean they were down to uh to 10 men but um so you know there was more space on the pitch but what you can't keep giving teams a two goal or three goal lead well, apparently and that's what it we've the, done time, the first and time and time again. First time we've come back to win from two goals down for the first time in a game since the 17th of August 2002 against yeah, Charlton. Charlton. Yeah. That's my stat, yes. That's your stat. There you go. And, uh, <laughs> uh, Do you get repeat fees on that, Rick? <laughs> I wish. It's not the BBC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another stat about Gary Cahill. Did you see this one? He's scored five goals in all competitions since August 2015, three more than any other Chelsea defender. So, uh, Can I give you a stat about Gary Cahill? Go on. Never won a game after his lemon juiced his hair. <laughs> you you to think just on on Gary because I know we're going to come on to the the debacle of uh, Saturday night, but the thing that you have to say about Gary Cahill is that I mean apart from being a really nice fella, um, he it clearly he's so determined to do well. It's just not happening for him at the moment. He his first touch is just not there at all. I think he just needs to be taken out of the firing line for a bit. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. What do you think, Dan? You can see, I think, at the moment in the media he's doing as well, he gets very, very frustrated very easily. He shouldn't think, do that on the pitch like he did at the Emirates, though. No, 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 not at all. It, it reflects badly. And and the, the the problem is, it looks like there's something going on. I, I suppose the thing that's coming on is he's worried for his position. You know, another new guy's come in. Uh, David Lewis has, has turned up and he's worried that he's going to keep that. But there's also a community... I think there's a community... I know I said it before... And it was Begovic at um, Leicester. I think there's a communications issue between the back line and the goalkeeper. And mm. there, was a, there was a moment in the second half where he, he nearly um, cocked up again because he was trying to shield the ball. And this is generally the case. Uh, and he was screaming at uh, Courtois to come out. And in fact, he cleared the ball and it almost sort of ricocheted into our goal. And you could see him again throwing his arm around and saying, come out. He was screaming, come out to the yeah. goalkeeper. Going There's back, clearly some issue there. I mean, going back slightly to the Leicester game, I mean, in the utter dominance that we had in the Leicester game, even though we went 2-0 oh. down. Just a couple of stats. We had 67% of the possession. We had 27 shots in that game, uh, 11 on target, uh, to Leicester's eight uh, shots. Uh, and we had 861 passes in that game almost double what Leicester had did you count those I'm uh, impressed individually <laughs> individually but you know I mean it, it, it's, it, it's, we, just, we actually, it's astonishing the contrast yeah. between that game and the Arsenal game I think is well no point. that's not true because in certain certain respects because we had the uh, majority of possession against Arsenal in the first half 
So it was a peculiar, you know, it's what I always say, possession is, yeah, is nine-tenths nine of statistical bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Antonio Conte on Fabregas, he said, it's important when I call someone to play and they show me my choice is not wrong. I'm pleased for Cesc because he played a good game. He showed me great commitment in the training sessions. I'm satisfied when I see this behaviour. This is the right way and I want my players to create good competition and game by game give me the opportunity to choose the best lineup. I think Cesc's attitude can't be faulted, really, can he? Because yeah. he could have thrown his toys out of his pram, but, you know, he came in at that Leicester side and, and, uh, and did well. I thought that was an interesting comment from, from Conte. I was in the room when he said it. I thought it was aimed at more places than Sesk. Right. I thought I it was agree. also aimed at Ruben. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, yeah. and, you know, he also said some nice things about uh, Chalabar, yeah, he know, did. how he's happy for him as well. Yeah, because he wanted to give him his debut against Bristol Rovers, but yeah, just of course happen. they came back didn't they <laughs> listen I need to tell you about our friends at, uh, at Fangel uh, Fangel's one day fantasy football you'll select a team of uh, Premier League players for a single round of fixtures so you're not locked in for the whole season uh, you can play watch and win money if you're good enough in one day uh, first up you choose your contest you can play for free or put your own money on the line for bigger payouts try the £5 fan fave with £6,000 of prizes to be won to the top 360 managers then you pick your dream team you've got £100 million to spend no subs no captains just 11 shirts to fill and the perfect formation to find splash out on the dead certs and hunt out the hidden gems it's the ultimate test of your football knowledge Fangio was designed by football fans like us it's powered by Optus stats it's much more uh, than just goals assists and clean sheets every pass interception every tackle they've all got big implications and we've got an offer for you if you sign up with the promo code the Chels then Fangio will return your entry fee as free credit if you don't win cash in your first contest up to a tenner so use the offer and if you don't win cash you'll get that entry fee returned as credit so you can play again for free next week Go to fanduel.co.uk, enter the promo code the Chelsea in the promo code field on sign up to bag the offer. Uh, it's available in the UK only for those over 18. Please play responsibly. Terms apply. Let's bring the mood down and talk about Arsenal. Can I, <laughs> before we do, can I tell you about something worse than Arsenal? Can, I tell, you, can I tell you about my Fanduel team this weekend? Go. You know where they came? No. Positional. 360. 1,405th. <laughs> I am the master. I'm going to get that manager of the month trophy. Tell Talk sports Dan Levine, ladies and gentlemen. That's why you're on at three in the morning. <laughs> That's right, yeah. It's not finished yet. If you did better still, at Fangio, you'd be up there breakfast show. You and Alan Brazil. I've, I've still got one player in there in the mix at the moment, Britos. Right. He's playing for Watford. Okay. So I could even go lower. <laughs> How many are there? How many participants are there? Just out of interest, I think there may be one thousand four hundred and six. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So uh, fanjil.co.uk, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and also, while I'm plugging things, um, don't forget the Chelsea podcast live, uh, which is our live show on Tuesday the eighth of November at the Albany Pub, which is dead opposite Great Portland Street Tube Station in Central London. Really easy to get to. Special guest King Canners, Paul Cannonville, yes. uh, Black and Blue, the acclaimed award-winning book written by. Rick Glanville sitting next to me yeah. and uh, Paul's a good guest isn't he oh he's great yeah so um, come along uh, tickets are a tenner and as I said before we're not making any money out of this it's just to cover our costs limited tickets because it's quite a small space um, so if you go to uh, www.wegottickets.com search the Chelsea podcast live and uh, and grab uh, grab some tickets we'd love to see you Rick's going to do a quiz I don't think he knows that yet, although he didn't mention it last time, but he's going to do a quiz. And we'll have some other surprises as well. So come along, we'll do the regular podcast, we'll have an interview with uh, uh, with Paul. It'll be a lot of fun. That's Tuesday the 8th of November at the Albany Pub in central London in Great Portland Street. So, Arsenal, Saturday, 5.30pm. <sighs> Let's talk about the team first before we get into the, the nitty-gritty. Can I just say, first of all... Just go on. Don't mourn that it's over. Be grateful that it happened. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. We we were um, beating against them for by 10. The way? Is that what you're going to exactly. have in your gravestone? It's a gravestone uh, <laughs> epitaph. But, it's like uh, a crowded house song, isn't it? Don't dream, don't dream. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, 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 as I was sitting there thinking, as the third goal went in, I was thinking, could this go as bad as our 6-0? Could they get retaliation? Obviously it didn't. Yeah. And then it started me, me thinking, look, you know, last year we were awful and we took six points off them. Yeah. And we've had 10 games against them in the league that we've been unbeaten. So runs just come to an end sometimes. So do you know I what we always say on this podcast to opposition fans who, who do us? It's the hope that kills you. <laughs> it's the hope that kills you, Arsenal. You know, also, the fans, I loved the fact for about 15 minutes in the second half, Chelsea away fans just singing about the European, European Cup. Cup yeah. Only yeah. team in London with a European Cup. Yeah. And, you know, it just, it just silenced them. <laughs> You couldn't hear the Arsenal fans at all during that. So there are small mercies or small, you know, victories. Well, also as well, it's Arsene Wenger's first win over Chelsea in the league since October 2011. You know, I mean, it's, you know, there's five years of hurt Mm. before this. You know what I mean? Yeah, listen, let's look at the team. Cesc Fabregas came into the starting lineup for the first time uh, in the league game this season. Uh, He came in for Oscar. Otherwise, it was the same side who began the match against Liverpool. So Courtois in goal, Ivanovic Cahill, David Luiz, Azpilicueta, Kante and then William Fabregas Matic Hazard and Diego Costa up front sticking with the 4-1-4-1 let's and also start- sticking with the right back at left back and yeah yeah. and what do we right think back. of this 4-1-4-1 thing do you think he's going to have to change that or is he still going to tinker with that well, and find th- the right combination? I think it's a good. I think it's a good system. I think it. You don't think he'll go four um, two three one? No. no, I don't think. I think three people have found a way around. Or three that. at the back. Well, he tr- obviously he tried he switched, the switched to that, mm. and I, and I think you know it's hey, quite we drew telling. The second half, yeah. Well, that was the you know, and that was when he was asked why he'd switched to three at the back. Yeah, and if, and. Um, the trouble is, uh, Aspilicueta went to a right wing back, and he's not a wing back, you know. He's, um, so we did, we didn't really have enough, quite enough to make that system work offensively. But he wanted to. Sh- he said, Conte said afterwards, we're just con- we can't stop conceding goals. So he had to think of something yeah. that would just shore that up. He talked a lot about balance in the uh, post-match press mm. conference. He said, uh, we've, we've not got the balance and, and now's the moment to consider everything. And I wonder if that does you sort of refer to a potential formation change. Ba- balance is a breakfast cereal, isn't it? Apparently mm-hmm. so. Or is it washing powder? Isn't I don't know. It? They're lacking one or the other. I'm not sure which. <laughs> um, but it'll come out in the wash. But the thing is... Um, very good. You know... I thought more telling was that he said the attitude was bad or not good from the first minute. I think that we didn't agree with him. I think that we didn't have, this is what he said, I think we didn't have the right attitude from the first minute. After today, we are thinking we must work a lot because we are a great team only on paper. It's always a team problem rather than individuals. When nothing works, it's very hard for a player to play well. I don't want to talk about the mistake. It's not right for the player. Talking about Gary Cahill, presumably. Uh, We win and lose as a team. Someone thinks this team is ready to fight. I think we must wait to improve a lot to come back as a great team on the pitch, not just on paper. It's incredible to concede three goals. We must have last season present in our mind to not repeat the mistakes yeah. we must reflect a lot to find very soon the right way mm. Mm. I think what he's asking at the moment is for Chelsea to his, his players to do something that's quite complicated to do a, a new system that they don't necessarily fully understand yet I think there's there's a lot of uh, change fatigue within the side I think people have just been you know they, they've had a new tactical manual delivered twice a season for, for, for ages now um, and I think what do you mean a, by that there's a new tactical what, what do you mean by that I mean a new manager comes in and then it's all change isn't it you know Jose 
was a very, very sort of intense uh, manager in, in, in doing things, particularly a Mourinho-esque way. Um, then, of course, that changes, and, you, and you've got the slightly maybe more relaxed version from, from uh, Hiddink. Now you've got a very intense version again, and people are being told every six months, everything you know is rubbish, do it differently. Um, and I think... Um, what they're being asked to do at the moment is very complicated, very difficult. It requires a lot of effort and an awful lot of thought. And either they don't fancy it or they're not equal to it. And that's a big issue. Rick? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think f- f- footballers today, they're used to change. I think the average stay of, a, of any player at a club now is about two and a half years. So they are used to change because obviously they go to different managers, different clubs. And actually, there has been an awful lot of consistency. We kept that same system, four two three one for years and years and years. Personally, I think that has been probably the issue, that football has moved on a bit. 4-2-3-1 has been found out. Teams play with two up. They play 3-4-3, three, three, which I think is the favoured system. For... Arsenal played 4-2-3-1 on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. And uh, look, to be honest, I didn't think Arsenal were that good, I've got to say. No. You know, yeah. I, um, it was just that we were particularly bad and actually, again, individual errors if you look at that first goal for example painfully I, I mean I watch every game again the whole yeah, 90 minutes I think to I go through it and learn most, from most it most of us watch mm. at least uh, extended highlights but you see we? on that first goal yeah you're not shaking your head the, don't on, okay. that, on that first goal people, that's why you're on at 3am in the morning if, if you watch the extended <laughs> highlights you'd be you'd be up in the daytime if you, if you listen to Andy you'll be on at 5.30 <laughs> but the oh, uh, 7 you know <laughs> I'm alright he's doing a disservice but you know, people will dig out. The, the people that don't like Cesc Fabregas will blame him. Uh, the people that don't like Matic will blame him. Uh, the people that don't like the other... T- you know, Branislav Ivanovic started the move that, that uh, they scored from by not playing the ball forward to Willian. And Willian and Eden Hazard were having stinkers already. Yeah, They were just not on their game at all. Uh, so that was a big issue. Maybe he thought, I can't gamble up there. I'll just play it back. And he played it back to Gary Cahill, who was marked. Yeah. Cahill did his thing of where he's got the yips, where he's facing goal, he miscontrols it and plays a bad ball. Uh, David Luiz runs back. It's a great thing. To, I don't know if you watch this, David Luiz runs back. He obviously can't get anywhere near, but he points for Courtois. He says, he shows where the ball's going to go to Courtois. And Courtois goes early the other way, and the ball goes exactly where. He, mm. Uh, Luis has said I'm not saying he's a sage but you know I think there is a I think there I get a feeling that it's going to take something really big and for a, for a, this team to gel it's fundamental isn't it it is an individual player blaming now I got a quite but a lot they're of, not they're not no, together as no, a they're, team they're, they're not and and look here's my view on 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 one of the things that I got quite I got quite a lot of grief for on on uh, on social media about and I said that I thought Fabregas was a poor pick for this particular game I didn't think he was able but to But he was cut. brilliant against them last year yeah. yeah but that was last year mm. now this is a team that we know plays with intensity they play the high press they play uh, particularly quickly in midfield and and I think a team that sits back against us, you know, a team that kind of allows Cesc Fabregas to, to quarterback, um, to sit and to, and to control the game and gets time and space, then of course you play Cesc Fabregas. He's a brilliant player. I'm not criticising the player. But I think in a game like this or a game like the Liverpool game where you know they're going to come and press you very hard, I don't think Cesc Fabregas has got the pace to deal with it. And of course he was at, at fault for the third goal. He gave the ball away on the edge of the area. That's, oh, so that's the yeah. third goal. I know, I know. But I think that he wasn't, <laughs> three nil, he, he wasn't in the game. Goal. I think that. we were 
absolutely wide open in midfield and I think that you know I don't think they were brilliant but they were better than us and they were more and they were more intense than us and you're right and I think it's and and I think that you know Liverpool Liverpool were more intense than us and you know you mentioned the word intensity about Conte and he clearly wants that from the team Mm. we're not able to provide it now I don't know whether that's because with Kante Matic Fabregas there's no pace there's no ability to be intense Kante's got pace not a huge amount he was outrun by the referee on Saturday you see that footage no, yeah, like, it's like you know. I is mean, that one coming back for the, uh, the, yeah, the second goal. Yeah, uh, you know, and so yeah. I mean, I don't think he's rapid. I think, think he's beat him over a hundred meters. Maybe. No, Look, I don't think he's rapid. Is the is the point? Now, maybe he doesn't have to be. But but, 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 but play three of them there, Rick. Yeah, but our two fastest players on that on that pitch uh, offensively, William and Azard. Were just non-existent. I agree. Listen, I'm not. I'm not picking anybody out. I'm just it's saying a, that, like a team malaise. You know that. that yeah, I think it's fundamental. I, look, and I also I said that I think those people that think that Cesc Fabregas is somehow the answer are deluded. He's not the answer. the The answer is somewhere in that back four and holding midfield. That's the answer. Get that right. Get that balance That's right. Create I, that foundation. Completely. Agree. And you can and you can start to mess with the format and and, and do it. This Get the team back four and a goalkeeper right, yeah. and everything will spin off. And that, and then you can build flair. But yeah. I don't think if you start with flair and you start with creativity you're going to come unstuck I think that's the problem because we're going to get done on the subject of getting the goalkeeper right we've got a goalkeeper here who fancies being in, in Madrid yeah. are we ever going to get that right in those circumstances well it's a, it's a, it's a good point isn't it well the thing is that uh, at the moment Petr made a good save at the end didn't he it's best, best way <laughs> uh, that was you know that was that was such a shot. What a ball that was from, from David Luiz! Yeah, yeah, absolutely amazing. Well, he can do that, can't he, Luiz? Well, that, this is you know I, this is why I think it, he has. I, I know it's looking at it. You wouldn't say he's, he's been a successful acquisition, but I do believe he he has been in certain respects. He will win you some games, and you know exactly. And the passes that he's putting through for people, and the way that he does take the game to the opposition, he's been one of our most effective doing that in the last few games. Yeah, yeah. and we but, haven't got any other centre back that can do that and, anymore. And let me say what what I said to those people that came to me on social media. I'm not having a go at Cesc Fabregas. I'm genu- I'm genuinely not. I think he's a brilliant player. Um, I think he's a brilliant player in certain games. I think in other yeah. games you have to use him sparingly. And I'm I'm not sure that in that particular game that was a sensible pick. That's my point. And I, I think people got very upset about that. And you know thinking that I'm individual player blaming which I'm not I don't think it's an individual player problem I think there are individual mistakes I think Cahill Ivanovic yeah. Luis Aspilicueta for the first goal played everybody on side I mean look there's, oh, there's individual was... errors all over the pitch yeah, yeah. but I don't think it's a case of individual player, player blaming I think it's where's the balance where's the system where's the intensity where's, yeah. the, where's the tactical strategy what do you think strategy? about Alonso that, you know we, we talked earlier about was balance shocking <laughs> I, I thought I, I, I thought he was shocking I, I've I, had this discussion as well there's, people seem to be in two camps over this very I thought he was was awful. I'm on your side, Andy. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Good. I thought he looked good going forward, but I thought at the back he was terrible. Well, I mean, and how, again, you know, can we please buy defenders that can defend? Yeah. That's what we want. I don't want my defenders to be good ball players. I don't want them to be able to dribble out of defence. Just bloody defend. I don't know. Listen, of course I'm not going to write him off. He's clearly a, he's clearly a very good player. Uh, you know, he had a very good season in Italy. Um, I think, you know, he, he might be taking some time to settle in. But if you're asking me to judge him on that one performance, I thought he was rubbish. He starts at Hull, surely. Oh, yeah, I think so. And I think that, listen, hopefully he'll grow into it. But again, it's a fundamental issue of balance in the back four confidence intensity all those things we're talking about and to kind of to, to turn around and say well get rid of that player or get rid of that player that's not the answer it's much more fundamental it's much more complex than that I think and people are you know the other thing is of course six games old this season six games 
you know, let's not lose our shit because two tough games against Arsenal, Liverpool, we've got Hull next, got Leicester after that. You know, there's potentially six points there. We should get six points there. If that happens, everybody's like, we're going to win the league. You know, it's like, come on, you know, just get some perspective on everything and, and, and not panic. Do you agree? Oh, no, absolutely. I think that's the... You know, it's six games in and you don't make decisions. You know, some people are already uh, calling out the manager and it's just ridiculous. So following this defeat... calm down. Yeah, following this defeat, Chelsea dropped three places to eighth after six games. Three points off Arsenal. Three points off Arsenal and uh, Liverpool in third and fourth place respectively. Only four points off Spurs in second. You know, eight points behind City, but City look like the, um, you know, the, the team that are cut above everybody else at the moment. One three, lost two, drawn one, goal difference plus one. That's not a crisis. It's you not a crisis. That. You take that. Something you won't have heard anywhere is that Leicester's defence of their league title is exactly the same as ours last season. <laughs> there you go. That is interesting. Yeah. There you go. Uh, well, we've got a job for Gus to do in February then. <laughs> hey, listen, Antonio Conte's heaviest league defeat for almost six years when he was manager of Siena and they lost 3 0 to uh, Empoli. So, uh, you know, and that, that's following his first home loss for, you know, so his records are starting to tumble a little bit. I mean, he's going to want to get this right for his Welcome own reputation. Chelsea. Welcome to Chelsea. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but you, you know, the thing and of course, is- now Mourinho's a genius again after one win. You know, you know, after his three on the spin, he's now suddenly the Messiah again. You know, so this just shows you how fickle and how fast things can turn around. Hmm. But, you uh, know, John Terry will be back hopefully uh, soon. I know you can't, you know, long term, we can't rely on him. Uh, Kurt Zuma, we don't know what state he'll be in when he comes back. I think he'll make a hell of a difference, Kurt Zuma. No, if he if he's as he was before, absolutely. You but never quite long term injury, you don't. No, you no. don't. They won't. They won't play him unless he's ready. Yeah. But uh, will he have exactly the same spring and Pace. athleticism? Yeah. We of course hope so. Mm. And his determination. I mean, you know, he. That's the sort of thing that really does inspire other players as well when you see that the level of endeavour that he can who do you play with games. out of those Luis Cahill Terry who Sticking do you play with Luis <laughs> yeah. some games can you imagine <laughs> those two oh <laughs> Um, so that was the first time since October 2012 when we conceded twice in the opening 15 minutes of a Premier League game who was that against do you, do you know Norwich uh, Man United. Mm. That was David Luiz, I seem to remember, wasn't it? I think. Uh, Sorry, what did you say? That uh, was? 2012. First time? first time since October 2012 versus Man United, the Blues had conceded twice in the opening 15 minutes oh, of the Premier twice. League. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Last time we conceded, well, we yeah. didn't concede at all in the opening 15 minutes last season. That's right. Chelsea found themselves three goals down at half time in a Premier League game for the first time since May 2012. And that 4-1 defeat against Liverpool. So, but you know, it, it, it's not good stuff. And the first shot on target came in the 82nd minute, which was that. Batshuayi shot that Czech saved. You but know. we just don't, we're not making any saves, really. We've got the lowest saves, uh, saves to goal ratio, I think. One of them in the, in the top flight. It's not, either we're giving away guilt-edged chances that people can't miss, or there's something else afoot. Anything to add on the Arsenal game? I mean, where, 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 do you, where do you feel at the moment, Dan? Are you feeling depressed? Are you thinking, well, this is just a hunt we, we've got over, we can, we can build, the only way is up? How do you feel about things? You've got, I mean, you go to every game, you report on every game. It's a long old season. You've got another 32 league games plus the Woo! cup games to go to. You know, a lot of big away trips. How do you feel? Do you feel slightly depressed? Um, or just I'm buzzing for the EFL trophy game at Exeter. That's where I am. That's where I'm feeling now. <laughs> um, I think... Uh, you need to look at this as part of you can't look at it in isolation you need to look at it as part of an early season where we've got a new manager who's come in and he needs to get things to settle yeah it was a shocking shocking performance and a shocking shocking result but we've got a long long way to go and and these things will happen 
Yeah. And a run of away games as well. Three away games on the spin, isn't it? With the um, Leicester game, the Arsenal game, and then Hull away, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll come on and talk about in a minute. How about you, Rick? Are you, you, are you losing your shit? No, no, not at all. Right. No, as I said, you know, part of me was thinking these runs always come to an end when you, you're unbeaten against the team. They are consistent. Arsenal over a number of years and you're going to lose to them sometime and it just looked like as again one of those games where nothing was really going to go for us even the, the break of the ball and things like that you just have to say well when you're 3-0 down after that such a short period of time you say okay damage limitation walk away from it lick your wins and say you're not taking six points off us any credit to go to Arsenal for, for the way they played do you think nah not even the finishing nah no. They look like a top four side. Do you think? Top four, but they're not going to win the league. You, know, City can't, walk you, it. you can't trust them to, to repeat that next I, week. I, yeah. Listen, yeah. if we hadn't gifted them the goals, next, I would be more yeah. impressed. Yeah. I really, I'd be more impressed if we hadn't gifted them the goals. But I really do think that we, we were just so awful in terms of our uh, organisation in, in that game. So many people were just not doing their jobs that... Mm. I think uh, it was difficult to tell. We should have known, Rick, when they ran out of Chelsea Blonde in the pub before the match. <laughs> it's true. That, that, was, that was clearly the uh, indicator. <laughs> we were in a... In a, uh, we were in a no, no, more than that. Where were pub. we? We were in the faltering fullback. <laughs> the blundering Bran- Branislav. <laughs> and they ran out of Chelsea Blonde. Still, at least the bouncer was a Chelsea fan, wasn't he? Yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about the kids. Uh, not not a lot of great news to report. I'll, I'll warn you. Chelsea answers drew one one with Aston Villa away on Saturday. Harvey St Clair opening the scoring for Chelsea just before half time, but Villa equalised with sixteen minutes to go. They play West Ham at home this coming weekend. The development squad, the under twenty threes, lost two one to Arsenal at Stamford Bridge on Friday. Arsenal took the lead midway through the first half before substitute Charlie Wakefield levelled after the break. However, a late strike from uh, Steffi Mavadidi uh, consigned the Blues to a second defeat. Uh, in a week that's three two one losses in a row for 85 ashes side this month um and the poor old ladies the ladies hopes of retaining the fa women's super league title were crushed by man city <laughs> yesterday faint hopes weren't yes they? they were faint hopes but they were crushed by man city yesterday afternoon who clinched the championship with a 2-0 victory over the blues uh there is however plenty to play for this season starting with the champions league tie against wolfsburg oh they're good though wolfsburg, yeah the first they? legs at stamford bridge uh on wednesday the 5th of october kicks off at 7 p.m tickets just five pound for adults and three £3 for juniors. Juniors are under 20s in this game uh, and seniors over 65 so uh, get those tickets from the website if you want to go and support the ladies. Uh, next game, uh, Chelsea v Hull Saturday, 3 o'clock, away both going? Yeah. yeah. And uh, what do you think? What do, we, what do we think about the Tigers? I think it's a long way to Hull. <laughs> 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 I think Philip Larkin was probably right. <laughs> um, but well, well, Educate us with your poetry knowledge. He, he didn't have especially great things to say about the town, did he? Actually, I'm going to no, defend Hull. It's not a bad place. I, I quite like the no. pubs there. It's always a, a decent place to go. So I'll I take that back. But... Um, uh, I, I think uh, we need a little bit of respite, and I, I think we might get a little bit of that. Well, they are quite shambolic at the back as well. The, the manager is sort of uh, coming under fire for square pegs in round holes, and um, not. He's playing Jake Livermore. He's really a defensive midfielder at the back. He's playing different people out of position, it seems. So they're they're not they're not very confident about it. Well, I think they weren't until they saw how bad we were on <laughs> Saturday evening. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you, you you really just want to see a reaction, don't you, to that? You want to see a reaction to the manager's words saying, 
that the attitude was bad for the opening, from the opening minute. Uh, you want to see the likes of William and Eden Hazard. I mean, we haven't mentioned Diego Costa, who I thought was fantastic yeah. with feeding on scraps. I think he's been great this season. I think he's worked really hard. He's looked up for it. He's looked yeah. He's never been booked. That is pathetic. Well, it goes before that. That, that sort of reputation, isn't it? And that's the problem. Gets yeah. one more, he misses a game. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So I think hopefully we'll get a really good buzzing start. Take the lead for a change and um, get a bit of a confidence boost. Good positive stuff. Can we have a prediction, Dan, on Hull? Uh, I just can't see a clean sheet. No. <laughs> Not at all. Um, I think it'll be interesting. I think there'll be goals. I think we might win 3-2. Yeah, oh, okay. I, that's what I was going to say as well. Okay, I'll be slightly more positive and say 2-0. I think we will keep a clean sheet. I think it'll be a, a resurgence from the Blues. Are we recalling Jamal Blackman from his loan to Wickham Wanderers for the game? Well, he's he's been doing, he's doing very, very, very well, well down yeah. there, isn't he? I haven't got a loney. Um, uh, I normally do a, a sort of a loney breakdown because I thought we'd talk a lot more about Leicester and, well, and Arsenal. Well, it's just... Tammy Abraham. Well, yes. yeah. You know, this, our mutual friend, Jan Tier, um, I, when Tammy went on loan to Bristol City, Jan is a, an Arsenal fan, but more, more than that, he's a Bristol City fan. And I said, to, I tweeted him and said, can you tell me what your scoring, goal scoring records are at Bristol City? And he said, why do you want to know? I said, because Tammy Abraham's just gone there and I think he'll have a really good season. He said, oh, he gave me some bloke in the 1940s and then he said, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it'll be uh, Andy Cole. Andy Cole will have the best record for us. So I looked it up and I thought, I bet you Tammy's going to beat that. And he's very close to, in terms of a sequence. Is it what, six in five or something? Is it something like nine in ten? I oh, think is it now. really that? Yeah. Okay, blimey. I think that's what it is. I, I haven't so what do we stand? Ten I mean, in twelve or something, is it? Is it right? I think okay. something like that, yeah. yeah. Look, being cynical, right? Playing devil's advocate, putting it on the table, this is a player that's scoring a lot of goals in a lower division. Did Patrick mm. Bamford do that for Middlesbrough? And you know, I mean what I mean people are saying I mean there was some quote somebody made, some journalist made over the weekend that, you know, we look we we look like a team that are really old. Um, which is, you know, which is ironic considering we win the Youth Cup every year <laughs> and we've got, you know, 38 players out on loan at the moment, you know, but what's the answer? Are we just going to be a club that buys superstars that goes out there and, and, and puts proven players like Alonso in the team rather than recalling players, you know, from loan like Tammy Abraham who's scoring goals? We're I mean, not unique at this. No. We're not unique. You know, it's a very, very common thing in the Premier League to have a difficulty in making that bridge from 18 to 21 to 23. Um, and if you look at the players that have done it successfully, obviously you've got Marcus Rashford at United completely accidentally it only he's happened he's not starting games and he's not now exactly no. yeah I mean he had a great run and he looked alright and, and he was one of the few positives of course for England when they went out of the Euros um, but you know he, he fell into that United side under Van Gaal by accident Deli Ali though Deli Ali is you know probably the, the, the one exception you know. Harry Kane even you know to a degree Carpe yeah, diem though isn't it that's what I'm afraid you've got to seize that moment when you're a young player seize the day that means isn't it yes yeah and, and it, you know, if you don't, then you're you know you're back on the bench, and you've got to find it, do it the next time. And you're talking about Ruben Loftus Cheek, you know, yeah, being, yeah, being a great exactly. example of that. You've got to, you know, you have to because football is incredibly competitive. You know, it's not uh, it's not a charity. They, they don't want to bring you on just because you're young. You've got to you're you're turfing out uh, players who are on millions of pounds. Of, internationally proven in their 30s who don't want that to happen You've, you know that's not going to come easy to you you really have to seize it and the great thing about it, if you watch how Tammy plays is that he's playing with these sort of hairy arsed big old lumps and he's getting in the mixer and he's scrappily knocking the ball in like 
Terry used to do yeah. for us years ago. It's you know he's not. Um, we'll see what happens after after Christmas because you know that's when you start to meet the same players again and they've worked you out a little bit and we'll see whether he's still knocking the goals in there. And that's when you learn a, uh, about uh, a player the second you know second half of a season. But um, you know, and Lewis Baker's doing well at Vitesse as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's got actually well, great, didn't he? The, the he's a great, he's a great player. Yeah. Last season, he sort of dipped around uh, October, November time, and he found it hard to get back into the team. So, you know, again, you're not going to get in the team if you can't be consistent. If you can't play for a whole season, you don't deserve a place in the team. Anybody out there that you think we should be bringing back in January? I mean, Tam, would you bring Tammy back in, or would you give him another season, an, another six I, months, a whole season? Probably can't. Um, probably on a year's loan yeah right and probably the same with with Lewis I would have thought right I think you always can if there's a will there on at least two of the three sides well we couldn't with Christensen I know that it's because it well, was because the player, didn't, the player didn't want it that well, was and the also it was the contract was two years so you can't break that but um, like I say whether or not there's a will with the player that's mm. the issue and also I, th- I think all people for all concerned you'd look at what Tammy's doing at the moment and you think it's great for his development yeah why exactly. would you why would you suddenly stick him on the bench at Chelsea give him five minutes once a month and, and stop something that is just amazing that's happening at Bristol City I quite agree I think that's I think it's and who's, who's, whose place would he take you know Mitchie's we want Mitchie to get more game time and build his confidence up so he's taking the chances that he had uh, against Arsenal yeah. Good. Brilliant. Listen, guys, thank you very much. Dan Levine, Rick Lanville, you know, hoping for better things on Saturday against Hull. Much uh, not 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 Comedy the um, not the greatest weekend, but he only weighs up, as they say. Um in the words as of as Yaz said, and uh <laughs> yeah. Him and, how was it? Uh, Her plastic population. About M people, things can only get better. The original the uh, the only way is the only way is, is uh the uh, blue notes. Oh, uh, the Northern Harold Sol- Melvin and the Blue Notes, was that? No idea. No, yeah, no, okay, no. anyway. Anyway. This is great radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You are it. I'll smash your teeth in. Fantastic. And on that note, thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. If you like this podcast, come and join me, Mark Webster, for the Whistleblowers, a weekly show that looks at the topics that all football fans are discussing this week at thewhistleblowers.net. And it happens to be brought to you by the same lot that produced this one. Sports Social Podcast Network.